This is Thursday, October 7th. One of the last times that my whole family was together was with my parents, both my brothers and their spouses and children. It was on a Caribbean cruise. The occasion was the 60th wedding anniversary of my parents. Yes, 60 years. It's amazing. We met together in South Florida and boarded our ship in Fort Lauderdale. But we, before we left for the cruise, actually just a few days before, we discovered an immense problem. My parents had lost their passports. <laughs> yes, they could go on the cruise, but they could not go ashore at any of the ports of call. And that just would not do. So within the scope of a day, I managed to get all the paperwork that was needed so that I could rush down to the government center and get their passports in person, their new ones. That happened the day before we were scheduled to leave, just a few minutes before the passport office in Miami closed. Now we have an interesting text for today that we will unpack both today and tomorrow. Here it is. Colossians 2, verse 11 to 12. In him you also were circumcised, with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Now we're in this section where Paul provides teaching to keep the church from being drawn into false and deceptive philosophies. Why would he use this time to tell them about their circumcision? What does this have to do with it? Well, let's go back to why God instituted circumcision to begin with and what it means. God called Abraham and told him that he would do a new work in his life. He would become the father of a new family founded on faith in God. He would live the life of promise and also be given a son of promise. Here was the Lord's command. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you, and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised. That's Genesis chapter 17, verse 9 to 12. Now God placed Abraham under his promise, his covenant. And the Lord told Abraham that the mark of his covenant would be circumcision. Now, my parents needed a passport for proper identification so that the authorities in the countries we visited would know who they were and where they have their citizenship. And on this basis, they would be allowed to freely enter in and exit the countries on our cruise itinerary. Now, what scripture says is that the Lord commanded Abraham to bear a mark of identification, showing that he and his son Isaac belonged to the Lord. The location of this sign was to remind him that all his offspring would also be a part of this covenant 
that the Lord made with him. Now, Paul tells the church in Colossae about this for two reasons. First, their life in Christ is all based on God's promise. Just as the covenant the Lord made with Abraham rested on God's promise to him. This is the nature of the grace that we live in and the acceptance we have from God in Christ. It's all promise. And second, just as circumcision was meant as a mark of identification showing that we belong to the Lord, we have an, a new identity in Christ. We also rest in God's promise for us. And again, it's all of grace. Now you may ask, wasn't circumcision just for men? There was no mark given to the women. Now this is true. And that was because the covenant God made with Abraham was be, to be passed along to one's blood, one's blood family, the family led by the patriarch, in this case Abraham. But notice our verse from Colossians 2. It says, When you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. That's again Colossians 2 in 11 and 12. Yes, our baptism accomplished the same thing that circumcision did for ancient Israel. It marks us as belonging to Christ. It is a sign that shows forth our identity as people redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And this baptism is not for males alone. It's for men and women, showing us that the covenant made through Jesus is extended into the world, not by blood and natural birth, but by faith in Christ. And the baptism that is being discussed here by Paul is not our water baptism at all. It's the way that Jesus himself redeemed us when we were saved by grace. And what this means is that it is open to everyone, not just to people in the line of Abraham, but everyone that comes by faith. God has done a new thing in Christ. He's opened the way for anyone that calls on the name of the Lord to be saved and to receive the mark of the covenant. Now with those passports, my parents got off the ship in Haiti, in Jamaica, in Mexico, and they were admitted back into the United States. They could prove their identity and enjoy the cruise. In Christ, our baptism makes it clear who we are and who we belong to. It reveals that we stand in the covenant promises of Jesus. Now we need to be careful here. Our water baptism is not what saves us, but it is the sign showing forth what Christ has done to save us and to bring us into the family of God. Paul reminds them of their baptism to remind them of what they have in Christ, that it's all of grace. And so let's rest in that today. Would you pray with me? El Shaddai, God Almighty, we find it difficult to believe that you would enter into covenant with us, that you would make promises that you must keep. But it is your promises that keep us and provide for us a living hope, the assurance that we have life with you both now and forever. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we belong to you and we have identification to prove it through Jesus. Help us to enjoy the benefits of your love, for in your name we pray. Amen.